Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends. It's season seven, episode twenty-six. Yes, the last episode in season seven of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the Dog Whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, also known as Drinking Eagle from Tampa, Florida, Mister Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? So this evening, Denny, I'm doing really good. Mike Allen said, "Evening, gents." Good evening to you too, sir. Yes. Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, just a little on the tired side, but hey, you know, such is life. <laughs> um, and in my glass tonight, I'm actually drinking um, a New Belgium 1985 uh-huh. IPA. Yeah. yeah, and the glare on the can is absolutely <laughs> glorious. Look at all of it, and it's glary splendor. Um, it, not really over the moon on yeah, this one yeah me i mean it's it, it's gonna do to kind of segue us into our uh our tasting it's, notes it, beer. yeah it's a gateway it's a gateway mm-hmm. we don't want to flood our palate with too much stuff so we want something yeah. you know a little bit lighter so yeah and man argauer said 1985 best year hands down <laughs> i would disagree um 1982 uh, was the answer we were looking for, but feel free to play again. Uh, uh, boy, such such young. That's okay. That's okay. Well, <laughs> well, Denny, what, uh, what about you? How are you doing today? And what's in your glass this evening? I am fantastic. You know what? I am getting off of a week out of work. I didn't what's... go anywhere special. I didn't vacation anywhere. I just stayed at home and spent some time with my grandson and my wife, drank lots of beer, uh, fought technical issues with my network and internet Mm. um and that was a little bit frustrating because it's not i'm just glad i didn't have to work that week because i wouldn't be able to connect i'd have to go somewhere to get internet to to work so it was kind of a pain in the ass would you actually have to go into the office to do that or would they not let you no they're starting to let us back in in fact i was in the office today so we're, we're spending more time there but i still for the most part spend my mornings in the uh, at home doing video conferences and then i usually go to on site to the customer site at, in the afternoon that's how i've yeah. been doing it for the last year works out pretty good but yeah i'm doing well because i'm refreshed uh it's it's 100 102 degrees out there but i'm back in my air-conditioned house which is dry heat it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We do get some that gets up to fifty percent humidity and oh, back down. It does this little. My house is at fifty percent humidity. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it is a dry heat, but it can get a little bit muggy, and we do have a lot of smoke from the fires that are going mm. on in California right now. 
uh, bringing all California and Nevada area, bringing all that smoke into our area. So it is a little bit, it's, it's got like a 151 smoke rating or whatever, like breathing. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's bad. Wow. It sounds, it sounds bad. It if sounds bad. Smoke, yeah. That's gotta be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I have a funny story. Uh, you know, I, it was funny because after when we recorded two weeks ago, again, we were in a hot streak. Uh, we almost broke our record since 1867 or whatever of wow. uh, 10 days straight at over 100, um, but we missed it. We missed it because it dipped down to 99 one day and went back up to 100. <laughs> so it's just like, come on, man. We almost had that record. If so that's it's, not a kick in the ass. I don't know what yeah, is. Yeah, but I mentioned that I could handle this heat. Because I got a nice, cool air conditioning. It's gonna, it doesn't matter when it's outside because it's cool inside. Mm. And then that night after we recorded, my damn air conditioning broke. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. After I said that on air, now I have no air conditioning. And this thing's only three years old, so it shouldn't be breaking. But, Chris, with a little help from you, uh, give me some pointers. And then um, you know, doing some of my own troubleshooting, I was able to repair it myself. Um, later that night on, on Tuesday. Awesome. And it turned out that the capacitor blew or went out, which is mm. something that's common, I guess, that happens in these things. And luckily, my local uh, electrical store had a capacitor of the size I needed, and I was able to, you know, after work, come back home uh, and repair it. And by 7 p.m., I had my air conditioning working again. Uh, it was... A hundred and something outside, 104 outside, and it was it, it had gotten up to uh, like 88 inside mm. all day. The heat beating in, but that's not too bad. Twenty about 20 degree difference. Oh yeah, awful. Uh, and it took it took till about uh, midnight before the house cooled down to like mid 70s. Uh, mm. But I'm just glad it because I, I called Tuesday morning, like at six in the morning. I called our furnace guy. And said, "Hey, we've lost our AC. Uh, when can you can you guys come? Well, we got the special service, and the special service uh, they can come on Friday. Mm. It's the hottest week of the year, and I'm not going to go a week, a whole week without air conditioning. So I, you know, I need to fix it myself. And it turns out they sent uh, a, an email out saying that they that one week that they had on Friday they sent the email. I said this week we've had 6,400 calls for no AC." Just wow. this one, our one AC play. So, um, yeah. So, if you need any help with the AC, just let me know. I might be able to point you in the right direction. <laughs> but so I'm not guy. certified. Or yeah. uh, <laughs> not as certified as an HVAC technician. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, I'm actually not going through an AC problem. Knock on wood right now. <laughs> um, we're having an issue right now with, gosh, this is this is serious first world problems, guys. Mm-hmm. Our, our ice maker is not making ice fast enough wow wow you guys go through a lot of ice a lot lot of uh margarita mix or something going on well no the margarita is already pre-mixed it's already in the (laughs) fridge you just put ice in the glass and pour the mix over it okay um but it's it's really it's one of those things where i'm going okay i i know that this should be doing this and it should be doing that and and you and you can get into the computer of the refrigerator and do oh. diagnostic tests on the actual ice maker. And it'll tell you. Your fridge what, has a computer in it? <laughs> what kind of hey, fridge do you got? It's a Frigidaire <laughs> gallery. It's a, oh, it's a gallery. Yeah, nice. it's a double door freezer in the bottom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thermistor, you can read the temperature off the thermistor 
from this diagnostic test. And guess what? I hopped on Facebook and found appliance repair groups. And I think I've got a solution in okay. hand. And I think I'm just, I think I'm just going to replace the ice maker, which is a $50 part online. And there you go. Take the old one out, put the new one in. If not, and it's just how the ice maker works. I'm just going to get one of those countertop ice makers. Wow. You guys go through a lot of ice. I don't use any ice. Well, I mean, we fill, I didn't used to either, but now every time I go to work, I'm carrying a 32 ounce insulated cup and I'm filling it with ice for mm. the day. Yeah. And I do that. Megan does that. Yeah. yeah. Tina Every, does everyone that. does it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we all do it. Yeah. Um, so then when we go to get ice later, well, it just can't keep up. So yeah, I, I take it back. I do use ice every every week we record. I fill my little cooler up with ice, put the beers in, so I have a nice. Mm-hmm. I usually <laughs> use an ice pack for that, but it's buried somewhere <laughs> in our freezer outside with all the Cajun uh, food in it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I am drinking a beer, and again, because we're gonna have a tasting notes right after we get the show going. Uh, I don't want to have anything too too heavy. Uh, Firestone Walkers Eight Hundred Five Golden mm. Ale. I love this beer. And I buy quite a bit of it during the summertime because it's very refreshing, easy drinking. It's not heavy. It goes down, as you can see, very quickly. And it's a great beer. I, I know, Chris, you guys can't get Firestone Walker out in Tampa. But everywhere else that can get it, this is a fantastic beer. Now, this isn't the Cerveza with lime one. This is the regular old-fashioned one. So I haven't had the one with lime I'm sure it's good too, but uh, this is the one I I prefer, the regular one. Yeah. Now I, I'm just I'm messing with stuff too because I show I saw that you showed your can and mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if I can now. Nope, still getting super <laughs> glare on it. I'm tilting my tilting my light up just to uh, see if I you know. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. First world problems. Still 182 episodes later, we're still learning. <laughs> well, we're only doing the live uh, video stuff within the last 20 or so, right? Okay. 182 episodes later, we're still learning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, while you're fixing your light, let's let's get the show started. Before we get too far in, I always like to explain to any of our new listeners out there what Tap the Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. Whew. It's a lot to say right there in one little breath but uh especially when i'm getting all nice and close to the yeah you're looking you're looking sexy there all right and you're listening to episode 182 this is the final episode in season seven that's seven complete years of releasing a show every two weeks we're recording on monday july 12th 2021 and in this episode (laughs) we will be discussing belgian triple l's now we've talked about belgian l's in very early shows uh, but we kind of grouped them into Abbey style L's, Trappist mm-hmm. L's, and and Belgian L's, and two two part series, which is one of our that that two part series is one of our most popular episodes. Uh, I guess a lot of people like Belgian L's, so um, we're going to talk about Belgian triple L's. We're going to focus mainly on the history and the style characteristics, and 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 even some brewing notes. If you're a home brewer and you want to get some insight on maybe trying to brew your own Belgian triple, you know what? We've got that in this episode as well. A lot, everything to do with Belgian triple L's, as well as some tasting notes from a couple beers sent to us by our great listener, William Schlimmer, as well as, as you already know, Chris and I can carry on some great conversation that you'll get along the way. 
Well, Eric Gronley says cheers to seven years. Um, cheers to seven said, years. Sounds, sounds like a great topic tonight and more tasting notes. Glad you brought those back. Now, we I have one of the triples in my cooler here. What was the other one? The other one is the uh, cold feet. I almost grabbed that one, but I didn't. It's in my fridge. I just got to go get it so whenever you, so you're ready. So you have the triple from... Yeah. That's okay. Well, why don't you go get it, and I will talk about this beer. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll just keep the show going because we're live. All right. So uh, we're going to get this show started off with some tasting notes, and this is a beer. And if you're watching the video, you can see it's called it's Cold Feet from Company Brewing out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this is part four. This is a part of their of their uh, Weird Turn Pro series. And this is volume four. And uh, it's a double dry hopped hazy IPA with Galaxy, Eldorado, and Azaka hops. The ABV is 8%. And it's got 35 IBUs. And Chris is still not back. So I'll just go ahead and continue on. I'm going to crack this thing open and not spill it all over my keyboard. I'm going to pour this into one of our IPA B cups, and I can see it's definitely got some haze to it. Looks like pineapple juice coming out of this thing. Not the ugliest. It's time to pour now. Yeah, yeah. You're, I, I was trying to hold off, but I, I guess I talk too fast. Don't talk too fast. Everybody just thinks slow. Ooh, this one's got some interesting nose character. <clears throat> but before we get to that, so as you can see, it's got a, uh, a nice golden hazy coloring to it. It's definitely hazy. The head is... Uh, uh, just a little bit off-white, not quite pure white, just a little bit off. Um, Stand this back up. It's got some very dense um, bubbles in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're very, couple, very tiny. Yeah, with a couple very of tiny. A couple coarse ones in there, but it's a really tiny head. It's going to leave a good beer mustache when we drink it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Got yourself. Okay, take a, take a sniff. It's got some. Uh, it's like some some tropical. It, it's got yeah. It's like it's, guava. it's like yeah guava. It's got tropical guava, uh, ripe guava fruit smell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little bit of citrusness, citrus, citrus, citrusnessness, a little bit in there. Yeah, citrusnessness. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you what. It doesn't smell like pineapple juice. So it looks like pineapple juice, but doesn't smell like yeah. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think? Look... I mean, it, I can see what you mean by the, the pineapple juice. It's uh... Well. Let's take a drink. Wow. I have to, I have to say, again, this beer surprises me because it definitely does not taste like every other hazy IPA or double IPA mm-hmm. I've had. It's got a unique Which flavor. I'm very thankful for because mm-hmm. that's um, I feel Me like too. that's what we were what we were running into a lot. So this uh, cold feet, cold feet. Oh yeah, did I show the? I think I did show the can, but yeah, I'll show you, it again. You too. probably did. Yeah, cold um, feet, El Dorado. 
Cold feet. Company Brewing. Yeah. Milwaukee, it's, Wisconsin. It still blows my mind, Denny, when you and I can hold up the same beer. <laughs> that really was awesome of William to send us these beers. We really do appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank you, William. Because it's, it's enjoyable. I mean, if we didn't have these unique beers to drink, we would be drinking things like 1985 from yeah. Sierra, or, uh, from uh, New Belgium. New right? Belgium. <laughs> uh, and you know what? With this one, I do get kind of some pineapple with this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of pineapple. There's a, a bitterness that comes in at the, at the finish as well. It kind of lingers around like a, like a pithy uh, bitterness. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know what? It, the more I'm smelling it, the more it's starting to smell like pineapple juice too. And I don't know if you just got in my head with that or what, but I, I'm not smelling, I'm not smelling like strong pineapple juice, but mm. there, it might be, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a tropical, um, exotic tropical fruit smell. Not your typical fruit punch, but like tropical fruits. And it, there's just, I don't know if that's hot bitterness or if it's a little spicy at the end. Not heat, but like spice, spice. The bitterness comes like late. In the in the finish, it's not like right there at the at the mm-hmm. beginning. It's, it's, it hangs around your tongue and gives you that bitterness feeling on your on the back of your tongue. And so I'm, but it's a quick it's a quick flash. This yeah. one's clocking in at a 35 IBU, so yeah. not really on the bitter side. Yeah, eight um, percent. Yeah, and this is out of their this is volume four in their weird turn pro yeah. hazy IPA series. It's a uh, it's a good beer and. Mm-hmm. I, we already mentioned it. I like I like this beer because it's it's unique and it's not like mm-hmm. every other hazy out there, which I can really appreciate. And I guess it's it's the combination of 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 these three hops. I'm, I do enjoy uh, Galaxy and El Dorado, and I've been getting more and more of these Azaka hop beers as well. Yeah, I've been see I've been seeing and noticed that I've been drinking a lot more of them myself. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you think overall? Is this uh? Um, overall, I mean, I would gladly drink more of this beer overall. This would probably, this would probably get like a 4.25 from me. Uh, if I was to rate it on untap, well, when I go to rate it on untap, that's probably what I'm going to rate it. I I think you're right. I I was going to say it was, it was definitely going to be a four and I'm still trying to pinpoint if I want to go higher than four or, or, you know, or stick with, I'm going to stick with four. This is a four, four for me. But it's good beer. I, I definitely like this. This is uh, this is definitely one I'd come back to and drink. It, this is one that I wouldn't mind having more in my fridge, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have some of these hazy IPAs that you you drink one and you're like, okay, that was good. But you know what? I just don't want to drink this more than once. This one isn't over the top where it's – there's no – for one thing, no hot burn. Again, I, I raise the bar when there's no hot burn. If it's hot, it's got hot burn, it's going down. Um, and, and the bitterness is, is there, but again, it just only comes out at the, at the finish and the back of your tongue. And it's nice to have that feeling. It's not too soft. It's not just overly soft, uh, but, uh, not too sweet. It's got yeah, a good Exactly. There's a, a very good balance of all of those things. It's not, uh, no hot burn. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, just full blast of bitterness all over the, your palate. And then it's going to be a little bit more of the, uh, 
it's not super soft and fluffy, but it's not mm-hmm. super hoppy where all you get is that bitter. You definitely get that very good balance of the the fruit flavors out of the hops, but you still get some bitterness in there. Um, this works out really good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a keeper. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it. That's our beer tasting notes. We don't want to. We got a big show ahead, so we don't want to spend too much time. But hey, I think we gave it enough. Uh, you know, enough, enough discussion to say if you can find Company Brewing Cold Feet, mm. uh, it's worth it. It was a shot. Drink it. Good beer. Yeah. All right, um, Chris and I. We want to thank all of our Patreon supporters out there. This episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, William Schlimmer, and. Amanda and Kevin Argauer, who are virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Kirk Tabor, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even being a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And Chris, you noticed I added a couple new names to the list. You did. I saw that we got an email. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, with with Kevin and Amanda. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, I have, uh, you know what? You know what? While we're talking about this, let me just talk mm-hmm. about the about the. Not only do we get the email saying we have new Patreon supporters with Kevin and Amanda, but then Amanda wrote this feedback or his message on Patreon as well, and I. I got a kick out of it. And anyone who's been listening for a while knows that my voice has a soothingness to it that can sometimes cause drowsiness. So Amanda wrote on Patreon, <laughs> wish I would have caught up on episodes sooner. I could have sponsored earlier, but happy to do so now. I owe you one, Denny, because I heard about this sponsoring opportunity when I was driving my Murphy, Murphy's her dog, mm-hmm. around in the car during the fireworks. He was panicked. And guess what calming sound we use in the car to help him relax? You guessed it. Your voice on the latest Tap the Craft episode. <laughs> Cheers. The smooth sounds of Denny Lee. <laughs> so I'm not only known to soothe babies to sleep. Soothe, man and beast. <laughs> man and beast. I can soothe the sleep. So thank you, Amanda for, and Kevin, for your support and for that great message and story. We really appreciate that. And uh, guess what? We also had a voicemail. Yes, it's been months since we had a voicemail, but somebody answered the call, and that was Mr. Matt Knight. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and cue up the voicemail and let our listeners hear what Matt has to say. Sure do. Let me open this up so we hit the right buttons, and here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, Matt Knight here. I'm just calling because I was inspired by your guys' on-air beer tasting you did in the last episode, the last couple. So I just want to try to do one real quick of the Trip Hammer Beer Works Atomic Blizzard IPA. First off, Trip Hammer Beer Works is out of Fairport, New York, here outside of Rochester. And this is a ale brewed with cherries and jalapenos. Already oh. popped up in the can. And that little nice, not cloudy, but a nice, uh, yeah, not a hazy, but it is a little cloudy on color with a good head here. Smell um oh you can smell the jalapeno, a little sweetness, and you actually smell smell a little bit of hoppiness, but not much. Mostly jalapeno smell. So let's see what we got. I love this okay, over phone um, beer tasting. Of hoppiness at first. It's so awesome. Start. 
not really strong, just a little bit. Definitely taste the jalapeno. It's uh, it's got a jalapeno bite. It's not hot, but it's got that nice little bite, and you get a little subdue sweetness coming from the cherries underneath. It's good. It's different. It's really different. I've never had anything like this. I've had a lot of jalapeno beers, but I don't know. It's really good. It's different. I'm curious to see what it does when it warms up. So I'd probably give about three and a half out of five caps. So anyhow, enjoy the show, guys. Danny, Chris, cheers. Cheers, Matt. Well, thank you, Matt. Matt. That was a very nice tasting segment. We appreciate you taking the time to to give us a little review on this beer that really intrigues me. Um, I'm not a big pepper beer kind of guy, but I do appreciate you know, some of the beers, as long as I have them in small doses, because some, you know, a lot of times that stuff can come back up on you if you have too much. For one thing, I love the name Atomic Blizzard IPA. Mm. And I don't think I've ever heard of a jalapeno beer mixing it with cherries. And no. I like the idea of having like a, like a cherry, the cherry sweetness, tartness with that jalapeno, little bit of a heat. Um, that intrigues me enough to even possibly want to try uh, this beer. But I don't think I could drink a 16-ounce can of it. I think I'd have to stick with, like, a taster would be my my yeah. my thing. What about you, Chris? Does this intrigue you? It does intrigue me, and it's intriguing me more um, on the food side. I'm sitting here going, okay, cherries and jalapenos. Yeah, I could totally see how these would work in beer. But I also think about, like, make barbecue sauce out of it. Oh, not the not the actual beer, but just taking cherries and jalapenos and making oh. <laughs> barbecue sauce out of that. Just the combination, you know, the the sweet, the super sweet, and a little bit of tart from the mm-hmm. cherries, and then the heat from the jalapeno, and that could make some good ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've had a jalapeno and peaches salsa. I've had mm-hmm. jalapeno and mango salsa. I've had different fruits that really work well with the with the heat. I've never had cherries, but now I kind of want to try you know, cherry, hot cherries. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely go for that one. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. We do appreciate your voicemail. And if you want to be like Matt and leave us a voicemail, you can do that so easy. Just pick up that phone and call 208-536-3359. Or if you can't remember numbers, don't worry. We've got an easier one for you. 208-53-ODDLY for us, for us two oddly looking, well, handsome, oddly looking Oddly handsome Oddly looking handsome. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> dudes right here. Yeah. And we would love to hear whatever. If you have a question, if you want to do a beer tasting, if you want to do uh, your, you know, tell us about, uh, you know, some of your craft beer journey, whatever you want to do, just leave us that message. We'd love to hear it and share it with our listeners. Yeah. And if, if you don't like to talk, you just want to write it out, you can do that too. You can contact the show through your, uh, with your questions and comments through email at taptocraft.gmail.com. Or if you prefer social media, we have an account on Twitter and Instagram. It's at taptocraft. And of course, Chris loves chatting back and forth with you on Facebook. And even I'm on there sometimes mm-hmm, at facebook.com slash taptocraft. If you want to find more out about how to contact us or find out more about the show, visit our webpage at taptocraft podcast or <laughs> at tatsacraft.com we have a very own webpage we practiced that so long yeah screwed it up it's okay it's okay <laughs> all right chris let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untapped 
So I'm uh, scrolling through the last 24 hours. Uh, Mike Allen's been doing a little bit of drinking. Uh, he's he's checking out some beers at the Taco Mac in Lawrenceville. Um, as he wrote in one of his check-ins, nothing remarkable, but a good solid IPA about the Gate City uh, odd juice. Uh, but you know, he's checking into a little bit of this, a little bit of that. One he's got in here was uh, Dr. Juice by Parish Brewing Company out of Louisiana. Somewhat unique lightness in the flavor profile almost gives us uh, gives a sense. Oh, sense, sense that floats <laughs> off of your tongue. Three and three quarter capsule on that one. He wrote sense, S I N C E. It was, it hey, was autocorrect, I'm sure. Sure. Um, and then he also had Stoned Fruits Wheat Ale by Sycamore Brewing. Uh, man, Matt, uh, Mike, I know I've talked to you about this before, I think, but the Taco Mac has got the hell of a tap list. <laughs> um, unique on the nose and palate, almost bubblegum-like, very enjoyable. Mike Allen says, hey, I was drinking. Uh, that's that, You know what? That's fair. And I apologize because you were. You were drinking. You're drinking like a champ. Um, yeah, Stone Fruits uh, Wheat Ale. I must be drinking because I'm reading the wrong stuff. Uh, Stone Fruits Wheat Ale by Sycamore Brewing. It's got that breakfast cereal comfort thing going oh. on. I love it. Four and a half caps mm. for that check-in. Spelling doesn't count when you're drinking, buddy. Yes, I know. <laughs> I agree with you. It doesn't count on uh, anything that I write. So no. expect to have it all jacked Sober up. <laughs> or not. Okay. Uh, Kevin Page is drinking a base lager by Tactical Brewing Company. Four and a quarter caps writes simply, it's lagerific. Um, moving on up the list, and we've got David Martin drinking a watermelon dragon fruit burst by Wicked Weed Brewing. He's checking this out at Atlantic Beach, and he says, works good as a beach beer. Four cap rating for that one. Um, let's see. Somebody's checking in at Sierra Nevada Brewing Company in Mills River, North Carolina. Brian G is drinking oh. a pale ale. Oh. Good, simple, just delicious beer uh back to one of the first beers i really got into from the source four cap rating on that beer if you guys ever get the chance to go to sierra nevada brewing company i've never been in the one in what, chico hills in chico north, yeah. or in chico hill yeah chico california but the one in mills river north carolina i know so many people have lovingly called that place malt disney world mm. that place is so cool all right, next on the list is going to be from David Martin. He's drinking, not everything has to be an IPA. Exactly. <laughs> Bond Brothers, <laughs> uh, four and a quarter caps for that what, beer. What style is it, by the way? Uh, watch it be an IPA. I hope it's not IPA. Oh, please tell me it's an IPA. <laughs> it's a Saison. It's a yes. farmhouse sale. Nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's checking into a few things, too, so that's that's good. Jeff Seiler checking into a Shreddy Van Whalen. Oh, love uh, it. By, yeah, such a good name. Oh. And <laughs> he's got a good – it's four and a quarter caps he's got here, and he says, I'm a sucker for a highly rated beer with a clever name. This is delicious. You really got me. Makes me want to jump. Jamie's crying. She doesn't have one. Okay, done. <laughs> That was his check, and I have I to love, read it appropriately. Jeff is so creative. Oh, I love, I love his, so good. I love his stuff. All right, JC is drinking a Cezanne Dupont uh, at checking in untapped at home. Four cap rating for that beer. Classic for that style. 
Uh, scrolling on up, Ryan Whedon over in Cleveland area is drinking a 427 Cytale by Great Basin Brewing Company. I've had that beer. It's freaking delicious. Mm. No notes, but 4.75 caps for that beer. Tara Carlson. She was nice enough to tag me in this check-in. She's drinking an excellent adventure by Calvert Brewing Company. She said, enjoying this beer while waiting for the bachelorette. Jim will be gone by then. I hope cat guy and box boy will be sent home tonight as well. Box boy was my favorite, Tara. Thanks for uh, crushing my dreams. Uh, 3.75 caps on that beer. Okay, admittedly, I've never watched an episode of The Bachelorette or The Bachelor in my life. Um, Jeff Seiler, once again, checking in. He's drinking this one out of his beer cups. Bcups.net. Shepherd of the Forest by Great Nation Brewing. My first great notion. I'm sorry, great notion. Notion, yeah. Great notion. He's had it before me. I do that a lot. Uh, my first great notion beer, and it's delicious. Big, piney, and tropical notes with a tasty, bitter finish, like a West Coast hazy hybrid. Mm. Love this one. Four and a half caps for that beer. Continuing his check-in streak for show number 10,000, Chad Lamassa <laughs> is drinking, oh, man, uh, Zergiok. Let's go with that one. X-E-R-G-I-O-K by Aslan Beer Company. Mm. Juicy AF, yeah. lots of citrus and some coconut on the finish. This is a scary 9.4 percenter. Goes down way too easily and quickly. Four and a half caps for that beer. I, I do appreciate the beers that have a little coconut, you know, finish. Mm. I, I've had a few of them lately, and it's really tasty. As long as it's Jenny, not too speak, much. Speaking of coconut. Um, I went, remember uh, the Hawaiian lion yeah. that you and I drank yeah. in, in Vegas. I, Megan and I actually stopped by that brewery on the way back from a trip a couple weeks ago. I got to say I was disappointed. Underwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. I, I heard it's not as good as it was back when we had it originally. You know what? I, I'm sure the beer is probably still good. Uh, the, the brewery itself. Oh, it kinda, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mike Allen, I'm reading this one because you were nice enough to tag Denny and myself in this one. He is drinking an undercurrent by the 8th State Brewing Company, and he writes, as fate would have it, I was returning to Atlanta from Asheville yesterday and listening (laughs) to the last episode of Tap the Craft, just as I pulled into 8th State Brewery in Greenville, South Carolina. The guys mentioned that we don't hear a lot about South Carolina breweries. Gave it four and a half, uh, four cap. But now we do. He just it's a showed us one. And this is a, a Hellas Lager with uh, Zotz, Hallertau, Mittelfruh, and Super Zotz hops. Oh, Super! That's a, that last one I haven't heard of before. The other ones I've all that, heard that, of. That probably means like super. Yes, you're probably right. <laughs> Where's John when we need him? Uh, let's see. Uh, moving on, Art Warcheck is drinking a Schwartz beer by Wooly mm. Pig Farm Brewery. Four and a half caps, no notes for that one. Robert, or as we know him, Chew Your Beer, is drinking an Into the Wishing Well by Institution Ale Company. First in my community to untap this beer. It's a double, but delivers like a single. Four, I'm sorry, three and three quarter caps for that beer. Uh, it it so should be it's a, it's a double, double, but it delivers like a session would be really impressive. I, yeah, that'd be great. It's eight <laughs> yeah, clocking in at eight point seven percent. But if you know you're drinking it and it's delivering like a single, then 
pound yourself a couple, buddy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next on the list, you were talking to Kyle Lilly yeah. today a little bit, huh? Yeah. Checking into a uh, high West barrel age victory at sea. Oh yeah. 2017 version. Yeah. Uh, that he, uh, toasted my check into that beer a couple of, couple of hours ago too found this gem hiding behind the keg phenomenal beer not as boozy as you would expect for 12 percent five cap rating for that beer that is one beer from ballast point um their victory at sea line that i absolutely love uh, whether it's you know the just the plain one there's a coffee version mm. there's uh the bit the, the barrel age i mean it's a good just solid beer and I'll give it to Ballast Point. They've got some really cool label art. Just really cool. I really like that stuff. Um, moving on up the list. Let's see. We'll get Chad in here one more time. Oberon by Bell's Brewery. Always a good classic. One of my favorite summer beers, he says. Four cap rating. And Jeff Weesey drinking a pale the seven seas by Zymercracy Brewer, uh, Beer Company at Zymercracy Beer Company. I just wanted to say the beer name or the uh, brewery name twice very easy drinking pale hop notes of pine and tropical fruit flavors cheers four and a half caps for that beer now mark church you clocked you checked into a beer from seventh sun brewing company called peach blossom and you wrote it's it's growing on me Uh. really tart (laughs) now seventh sun seventh not seven the one in ohio the one in Columbus, right? Uh, he gave it three caps. Ooh. It's growing on me. So just above average. Mark, I'd be curious to know what uh, it's really growing on me, but still gave it a three cap rating. Why Why the uh, Why the difference? Um, <laughs> well, Jeremy Garrison. If it wasn't growing on him, it would have been a two. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, at least it's above average. Hmm. This is getting better even as it's warming up. Actually, cold you know what? I was gonna it's weird you said that because I finished mine. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It it got even better at the end. Yeah. And I, I, um, I'm gonna raise mine to uh either four and a quarter. I might even go to four and a half because okay. this beer really it really comes out when it warms up a little bit more too. Yeah. So I, I, I want to say the same thing. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, so Jeremy Garrison is drinking an Idaho Paradise by Bear Island Brewing Company. Uh, light and tropical is what he says. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. My check-in for cold feet, four and a quarter caps. <laughs> Let's refresh this thing. <laughs> see if there's hey, anybody left. you can't be left. checking in while we're recording, man. Come on. I didn't. Oh, come on. I recorded 16 minutes ago. <laughs> oh great and art warcheck is drinking a hawk sauce by voodoo brewing watching the home run derby this beer is a home run to four and a half caps and that is what everybody's drinking wow great bunch of beers a lot of variety a lot of good names in there as well so thank you everyone for getting those check-ins in so we could have our untapped the craft segment one thing i forgot to mention is if you want us to read your check-ins on our show make sure you're following me i'll follow denny too but follow you gotta follow me on untapped <laughs> at mck1345 and we normally record monday night at 8 30 eastern standard time 6 30 boise time 6 30 boise time so get in before if you don't then. know 
If you don't know what time we're recording, send us a message on all things social media at Tap the Craft. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz. The Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, as we already mentioned, we will be discussing Belgian triple L's. Everything you want to know, the history, the style characteristics, the profile, even how to brew for the first time if you've never brewed a triple L before. Uh, I, I don't know all this stuff out of the top of my head. I'm sorry. So I have to go and rely on the internet to provide me some of this information. I have three sites that will be in the show notes, but the first one that I grabbed some information from is called Belgian Triple, Style Characteristics, Brewing Tips, and History, found on the kegerator.com website, written by Nick Carr. Also used the style profile, Why Is It Called Belgian Triple, found on the Growler website, written by Michael Agnew. And of course... Getting some information from the craftbeer.com website, Beer Styles, Belgian Style Triple. All right, so let's get in to the history of the Belgian Triple. And I'll, I'll start off here, Chris, and, you know, I'll, I'll give you the cue to carry on when I get too winded, you know. All right. With long-held traditions rooted deep in the Middle Ages, European monast- monastic brewers have greatly influenced modern brewing culture and continue to craft some of the most defining and memorable ales. The Belgian triple is the youngest of the ale trilogy. Keep in mind, there's also the double, the triple, and the quadruple. Uh, That form the very heart of Belgium's high art of brewing. Born about 90 years ago, the Belgian triple ale was the genius of highly esteemed secular brewer Hendrik Verlinden of Dry Linden Brewery. In the early 1930s, Hendrik began working on a recipe for a strong golden ale that might hold its own against the growing popularity of pale beers in Europe. In 1932, he released it under the name of Whitcap Pater, and has since that, that name has since been changed to Whitcap or Whitcap Trippel or Triple. Uh, Though not of the order, he marketed the ale under the Trappist name. Although the Trappist label was not yet trademarked in 1931, members of the monastic order did disapprove of its use by non-monks. Verlinden, however, had been consulting for the brewers at the Trappist brewery West Mall. I never know how to say that. Is that West Mall or West Molly? What do you think, Chris? West. I'd go with. I'd go with West Mall. I I always have called it West Mall. I assume that's what it is, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not Belgian, so I'll just go with West Mall. Um, For some time, and because this of this relationship, he was the sole non-Trappist brewer allowed to market his beer in that way. The monks of West Mall first brewed their triple in 1934 and released it under the name Super Beer. Again, big beer. In the 1950s, the recipe was modified with the addition of more hops and the name was changed to Triple. It has remained unchanged ever since. West Mall Triple has, was one of the uh, was the first authentically Trappist triple and is still considered by many to be the benchmark for the style. Triples have grown in popularity over the past several years due to the rebuilding of Belgian brewing and the growing curiosity of this and other region brewing arts. Several of the Trappist monasteries 
many other abbeys, independent brewers, and even American microbreweries have started to experiment with triples and other Belgian styles. So, Chris, why is this beer called a triple? Well, there are nearly as many explanations for the Belgian style designations sig- uh, single, double, and triple as there are drinkers who love imbibing them. Is it called a triple because it's brewed with three times the grain? Is it boiled three times, triple fermented? Maybe it's three times as strong as other beers. The name probably goes back to earlier times in brewers when a method called party guile was used to make different strength beers from the same mash. The runnings from the first mash yielded a rich, high-sugar wort. The grains were then mashed again, often multiple times. Each successive mash mash gave a weaker wort. The resulting worts were then blended in different proportions to create beers of different strengths. Brewers often assigned letter designations to each type of beer they made. For instance, their pale beer might be called X, and so X, XX, and XXX were different strengths of that brewer's pale beer, single, double, and triple. There you go. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and start chatting about the style profile and characteristics? Complex, sometimes mild, spicy flavor characterizes this style. Yeast-driven complexity is common. Triples are often on the higher end of the ABV spectrum, yet are approachable to many different palates. These beers are commonly bottle-conditioned and finish dry. The Belgian-style triple is similar to Belgian-style Golden Strong Ales, but are generally darker and have a more noticeable malt sweetness. Their appearance is, uh, their color is going to be pale to pale gold. As far as clarity goes, it's going to be clear. So no haziness. No haziness. Nope. Nice and clear. And carbonation, uh, at least for visual, uh, it's going to be fast rising bubbles in the appearance uh, for carbonation. In the aroma or the flavor, uh, alcohol is going to be mild. Uh, hops, hop aroma, and flavor are not perceived too low. And hop bitterness is medium to medium high. So there's going to be a little bit of hop bitterness in this one too, which is good. Um, Sean Freeman says, yo, yo, drink up. So, Oh, Sean, welcome. Good to see you, buddy. Cheers, Sean. <laughs> well, cheers. I just finished my beer because we're getting ready to do tasting notes. <laughs> I know. That's why I got to make sure my glass is empty so we can do tasting notes. Uh, the malt, uh, low sweetness from very pale malts is present. Uh, esters, you're going to have some fruit esters, orange, banana. Uh, phenols are going to be complex. Sometimes mild, spicy flavor, clove-like phenolic flavor may be evident at very low levels. And fermentation byproducts, the things you'll see there, traditional triples are bottle conditioned mm-hmm. and may exhibit slight yeast haze, but the yeast should not be intentionally roused. Yeah, that's a good point because the yeast will be at the bottom of that bottle. And typically when I pour a triple, and again, most all, almost all of them are bottle conditioned, I tend to pour and then I just leave that little bit down. I don't mm-hmm. risk yeah. getting that haze because once you get that stuff in there, it just clouds up that beer and it also adds you know, a bit of uh, – roughness to the the flavor it gives it a little bit more bitterness to it and it's not as good so i always leave a bottom we call those the dregs dregs, yeah yeah 
Denny, you want to talk to us a little bit about sensations? Sure, I'll talk about the sensations. Now, the body of the beer is going to be soft to mouth coating. Carbonation, as you already mentioned, a lot of bubbles coming up. It's going to be high carbonation. Your finish is going to be short to medium. It's not going to be lasting like forever. It's going to be, it's going to finish quick or just slightly beyond quick. And of course, the attenuation, meaning the amount of of sugars taken out of that beer, are going to be very high. So it's going to do a high attenuation. Yeast is going to drain those sugars from that beer, so it's not overly sweet. Some ingredients that you'll find here for hops, you're going to use tetaning and and uh, Czech saws. And for malt, you're going to use Belgian Pilsner. And for water, it should be a soft water, not a hard water. Uh, and a yeast, uh, again, this is what the, the craftbeer.com guys are saying is ale yeast. Um, but you can use Belgian yeast as well. So it's weird that they just call it ale yeast. But maybe ale instead of lager is what they're going for there. Uh, I would have been a little bit more specific, but yeah. Whatever. We, we will talk about yeast later on in the brewing section. All right. So um, here's some examples that were listed uh, that um, some are, are unknown to me and some are very much known to me. But I'll just go ahead and read these because it's a variety that will give a lot of people around the country and as well as around the world an idea of some Belgian triples you can try that are of uh, high quality. Uh Interesting, the first one mentioned Golden Monkey from Victory Brewing Company. Mm. This is a, 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 a Downington, Pennsylvania brewery. Um, this beer has won the Great American Beer Festival uh, gold in 2014, and it's available year-round. And um, I love Golden Everywhere. Yeah, I love Golden Monkey. I, I <sighs> do drink this quite a bit. I, it's a good beer, uh, and you can get this pretty much around <clears throat> the nation. So if you want to try an American version of it the uh, golden monkey is a good one to try and this is also one that i fi- i literally i can find this in my local gas station yeah <laughs> yeah you might be like able it's to. that ready readily available yeah um another one is uh i don't know what it is bed otter from iron hill brewing and restaurant and this is in newark delaware it won the great american beer festival silver in 2014 um it's available as bottled reserve at some locations. Check their website for more information. Candy Belgium Triple from Dominion Brewing out of Dover, Delaware. Uh, World Beer Cup winner gold 2014. It's available uh, on draft and in fall and winter for pickup. Uh, Blitzen from Steamworks Brewing Company in Burnaby, Canada. So we got some Canada beer here. Uh, World Beer Cup winner silver in 2014. Available from November to January in 650 milliliter bottles. Now, where does 650 <laughs> come from? What size is that? I've never even heard of 650 before. It's a 100 milliliter shot. Yeah, that's a, you're getting ripped off with that, that bottle. <laughs> um, here's, a, here's one that's great. Um, I almost brought my uh, Delirium Tremens uh, glass up to drink from, but I didn't. I brought, I brought this uh, La Chouf, uh glass up instead because it's a nice mm. tulip glass. But um, Delirium uh, Tremens from brewery, I'm not going to say, Hygie uh, from Melly, Belgium. World Cup winner, bronze 2014, available year-round, but maybe hard to find in the U.S. Now, this beer is not hard to find in my area, at least. I think this is a beer you can find in most areas that have importing imported beer. Uh, I recommend it. Um, 
comes around if if if, if they're not going to have it around year round, it definitely comes around towards uh, winter time. Uh, at, at the Christmas time, you'll be able to find it. Mm. Uh, one we already talked about, the West Mall Trappist Triple from West Mall Trappist Brewery in West Mall, Br- Belgium. World Cup winner, gold, 2012, available year-round. Nectar de Deuce from Bastogne Brewing in Royal Oak, Michigan. World Cup winner, silver, 2012, available at Bastogne. And Steenbrug Triple from Palm Breweries in Steinhoffel, Belgium. World Cup winner, bronze, 2012. And one that they didn't mention in the article, but one that I really enjoy and probably my favorite triple is Triple Carmelite um, from Belgium, somewhere Brewery Boston. No, Brewery. I just said Boston, but that's that's a different one, a different brewery. But um, that's a great beer. Uh, I love that that triple. Uh, easy drinking, light. Uh, you know, very very enjoyable. So triple carbon leet uh, can be found in most most places, I think. And there was uh, there was one that Eric Gronley brought up that I was surprised wasn't on that list was La Fin du Monde by uh, another Canada beer, yeah, by yeah. Unibrow. So Unibrow, yeah, I've had that beer. In fact, I have a bottle here somewhere. I I have my triple uh, carbon leet bottle here somewhere too. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> Bos- Bostiles, Bos- yeah, Bostiles, yes, that's it, yeah. I knew it was something with a B. I couldn't remember. But have you had that one before, Chris? From Carmel? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, but you don't like... No, I think you're not back. a big Belgian fan, though. No, I am a big Belgian oh, now fan. You're... Actually, I had... A, yeah, so I actually had a, a Dunkel yesterday. Um, a double? A Dunkel. So we had Wait, a... you had a German so beer. A little... Yeah, but I, it was... <laughs> We're talking about Belgian beers. Look, I get it. <laughs> It had some Belgian yeast in it. Look, I'll, I mean, we'll introduce you to my Belgian dog who's out in the freaking okay, living room. Okay, okay. Yeah, you win. You win. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really do. And it, it, it every time we talk about Belgian beers, it, again, it just makes me think of when I reached out to you and John, and I was like, I don't like Belgian beers. That changed. Yeah. That changed uh, rather quickly uh, just from, again, if you don't like a certain beer, you just haven't tried the right one. And that's the key because I also mentioned on the 40 cast that I wasn't a big fan of Belgian beers. It's been hard for me to, mm-hmm. to get into it. And John wrote me an email and he sent me a number of beers Said, here, go find these and try these. If you're going to like mm-hmm. any of any Belgian beer, these are the ones you're going to enjoy. And I went out and followed his list. I bought the beers. I drank them. And you know what? I found that I could appreciate Belgian style beers. I got into it with some gateway Belgian beers. And then as I started to appreciate what that style, what the styles could provide, I started like searching more and and really starting Mm -hmm. to enjoy them. So like you, Chris, I didn't like Belgian beers at first. And then I grew to love them. And, and, and my love has only come in the last eight, nine years. Right. Before that, I wasn't even appreciating Belgian beers. And now I love Belgian beers. So you too can change. Don't worry. You you can change. Oh, yeah. All right, you Chris. Can. You ready to do another beer taste before we get into the uh, last section of this uh, brew buzz? I am, but I'm I'm so confused because since we're move uh, well since we've moved and we're unpacking yeah. everything, I'm not sure if I want to use my <laughs> cigar, cigar city? city bottle yeah. opener. If I want to use my wicked weed. Oh bottle wow! Opener. Look at you, Mister. If I want to, if I want to use my wicked weed funkatorium Ooh, bottle nice. opener. 
Wow. Right? Um, or my ballast point. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I think I'm going to go Cigar City uh, just because it's a little more hefty. Uh, does a pretty good job opening this this bottle. I lo- You know what? I never got one of those. Gropener. And I, yeah, I, yeah. This is my favorite. So the Gropener. It's one-handed. It's one-handed. And it it releases the bottle cap without dinning it or bending it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John gave this to me. John's a great friend. And mm-hmm. I've been using it ever since. And this is on our website. We have a link to getting this Gropener on our website if you want to find one for yourself. It's a great opener. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. And the cap comes off perfect every time. Yeah. So visit our website. Get the Gropener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to do a live tasting of a Belgian triple from New Glarus Brewing out of New Glarus, Wisconsin. Speaking of glare, Jesus, that's okay. You're, you're definitely glaring, man. You need to put a glare like a like a shield over here. There's a diffuser on this thing. We're at I don't know five percent here. We could turn it up real bright, and we could yeah, you know. yeah. But but this is uh this is uh called triple five. It's a Belgian style triple from New Glarus. And what they had to say about this, triple five celebrates the divine confluence of five unique grains, barley, white wheat, oats, brown rice, brown rice, (laughs) brown rice, and heirloom Midwestern corn, each lend attributes that collectively create greatness. Strong 9% ABV originated at 20 degrees Plato, the Belgian style triple celebrates its golden blonde heritage by retaining that luscious natural hue, double decoction, and experimental organic hops elevate spicy notes, balancing fruity caramel tones. The addition of Belgian candy sugar is the traditional bottle fermentation method, strength in unity reflected here. So so there is definitely some... I can't see. You're not, you're not in the in camera there, there dude. I know. Oh. I'm, looking, I'm looking for myself. Just <laughs> chill I, I out, man. I'm sure you do. You were in front of the camera. Because if I put it here, you guys can't see in the <laughs> bottle. If I'm putting it up here, I can see in my in, through my glass. I definitely disturbed the dregs at the bottom, but it's all right. All right. I'm still going to love so it. So I'm using my Le Chouf tulip glass. And tulip glass is a preferred class for... Uh, drinking Belgian triples because it has a nice fluted top, but it has the bulb to hold all the beer, and it allows you to. Mm. I'm gonna try not. I'm gonna try to get as much as I can without getting. Okay, I think I've done enough. Beer. Fairly clear. I might have. It's got a lot of bubbles. You can see. Maybe you can see the bubbles coming up. Very bubbly. Very bubbly. All right. Yeah. So looking at this, Chris, uh, it's got um, a golden yellow. It's like a it's like a golden like honey. Like almost honey yeah. golden. Uh it's clear. I can if I I can see you through the beer. Mm-hmm. And it's green. Can I see. It's got oh. mine because I poured it light. I didn't have a he- heavy head, but notice that the bubbles coming up are still generating a nice thin head on here. Coarse mm-hmm. bubbles, not not dense, thick, small so bubbles like I we had before. Have, 
I kind of have a little bit of the opposite. Oh. My bubbles are, are, and I did pour this a little more aggressively, did, yeah. but, uh, okay. But, so I've got some pretty dense, very small bubbles, yeah. but there's yeah. a lot of movement in the, in that, uh, carbonation. Yeah. yeah. And, the, the beer is, and this is, keep in mind, this is not a laser etched bottom glass. This mm-hmm. is a standard tulip glass and it's got a lot of bubbles coming out very well. Um, bubbly like they said in the uh in the style characteristics so yeah because i don't i always i always want to do one of these too like you guys can see <laughs> that's a bright light man my freaking sun <laughs> my freaking uh portable sunshine oh, over here okay yeah. all right take it take a swig or i mean as, as nose hit Ooh, it's got lots of clove, clove banana there's a little bit of spiciness in the uh, background mm-hmm. there, too. It's, so it's got pretty much what you expect to have in a Belgian ale. The clove, the no. banana, a little bit of spiciness. Now, all my bubbles are pretty much gone now. Yeah, it smells delicious. It smells really right, let's good. Let's take a sip, Chris. Mm. I'm going to take two just to be sure. Yeah. So right off the top, clove. Clove or coriander, coriander, clovey character. I, I can't decide if it's clovey or coriander. I want to say coriander, mm. um, <clears throat> which is another another uh, characteristic of, of what you could get from Belgian ales, at least in the Saison side of it, is some coriander character. It's clovey. It's, it's like, I don't know, it's hard to tell if it's, clove or coriander but i'm leaning towards the spiciness of the coriander i'm just i'm leaving leaning more towards spiciness. yeah i would have to because coriander uh if you're not aware coriander is the seed that grows cilantro mm-hmm. um and then that's that's going to have some some not vegetal but some more grassy it's got a little grassy notes flavors to it. To yeah it. i get a little grassiness um, to it and it's definitely a little bitterness that lingers on uh, right towards the end. It's there. got some bitterness, but I also get a little bit of sweetness on my tongue. Mm-hmm. So it does hold a little bit of sweetness, but not over sweet. It's got uh, it's got a little bit of sweetness you can taste on the on your tongue. Um, now to compare this, it's now there's no real comparison between this and our other tasting notes that we do at the the oh, dry hops IPA, but. Totally different. Remember when I said that on the back of my tongue after I after the finish, I felt that the bitterness was coming out on the tongue mm-hmm. and not in my mouth. The same thing here, but not with the bitterness, but with that sweetness. It kind of just you know lingers on the back of my tongue with that little bit of a sweetness. So it's a complete opposite of what we got with that other beer, uh, is we're getting a sweetness, you know, sensation yeah. at the end, but but not overly sweet. Now, just fair warning too. While we're uh, while we're finishing it up, um, was there an ABV on the bottom? Nine percent, right? So this is clocking in at nine percent with all the glare, right? Um, I, something tells me, Denny, that here in a few minutes, you and I are going to try to read through all of this, and it's going to start affecting. It us. might, it might, because we've so. just drank an eight percent double IPA. Whatever we had before that, and now a nine percent, yeah, we're going to feel pretty good. But yeah, yeah, okay, this is really opening up. The more I drink, the warmer it gets. Um, I definitely get the now. I'm, now I'm. I might, might, might be changing my 
my thing to to more clovey. Clove. I feel like this warmed up real yeah, fast. Yeah. Clove, banana, and a touch of orange. Hmm. Um, very slight. Like the sweetness. The orange is like the sweet sweet orange uh, mm-hmm. character at the finish. Like it's like I get clove up front, banana, and it eases into like an orange sweetness character at the at the at the finish. Um, very enjoyable. Um, it is fairly dry with that slight sweetness lingering in my tongue. That's the only real sweetness I get. I'm really enjoying this a lot. This is a really good yeah. triple. I, I'm pretty impressed. Now, New Glarus hasn't let me down yet. There's not a beer that I've had from them that has not been, that lives up to the hype that that brewery gives. So yeah. this is another one I think uh, that, that really follows the guidelines that we spoke of, high carbonation, soft, little bit of mouth coating with that little bit of sweetness, uh, dry with the high uh, attenuation, and uh, gives us those phenols that we are expecting from a Belgian-style ale. The bitterness is almost non-existent, um, but it's not. But it's there to give us the comp- you know, the complement to the sweetness. Um, alcoholic z- zero. I don't get any alcoholic uh, esters or, or, or characters in here as far as the nine percent. Right. This is nine percent, but you don't feel that's, like you're drinking an alcoholic beer, right? No. Yeah. Not at all. Of course, my. There we go. Um, no, this is a uh, very simple, and, and even that we were we were talking about the whole the whole carbonation thing, going back to. I went to having a very coarse, very, or not very mm-hmm. coarse, but very dense head. This has pretty much disappeared. And I don't know, and I don't know what it is, but um, like I said a few minutes ago, that this warmed like quickly. <laughs> not like alcohol. Burn, no, no, but just warmed, warmed up like in temperature. Yeah. And, and as again, when beer warms and you have the right glassware to, really take in the aromas and the stuff coming off of it. This beer gets better every sip I take. This beer is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is really good triple. And so I'm going to say right now, if you can, this is, wasn't mentioned on that list of beers that they mentioned, but this is a mm-hmm. beer that I know has a very small distributorship. But if you can get this beer, uh, I, I think it's worth tr- trying. I, I'm really enjoying this triple. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm definitely enjoying this one too. It's um Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I know I'm I'm definitely I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, I really think that it's and I keep drinking it and it's <laughs> I don't have the I words. I only for have it. a little bit left. I just I'm gonna down mm-hmm. this nine percent beer in like no time. Good I luck. better I better put my glass down. Good luck. We better we better move on before we get too wasted. But I'm going to just say this: this is right now. It's at four and a half rating for me. Okay. By the time I finish it, I might raise it to a five. We'll see. Let me see how it goes. Because I raised, I want to raise that other one that I I want to raise the other one to a four and a half for that double IPA. Okay. I went from four to four and a half by the time it it warmed up to to real temperature and this one we've only poured it like three minutes ago i'm drank half of it i'm in love with it 
Um, when I finish the rest, I might go from a four and a half to a higher value. But this is a very good triple. I really like this beer a lot. Mm. Okay. Well, let's get let's move on, Chris. Keep drinking your beer. Anything else you want to say about the beer? I I, I spoke um, a lot. Other than other than thank you. I mean, yeah. Denny, you pretty much covered all the all the things that I would like to say about it and some. Uh, I love the fact that you and I, when you and I get to do this show, is that you, you're the detail guy. <laughs> I just, you just uh, say, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I like it. Right. <laughs> that's my buddy, devious Mister Matt, too. Right. He just, yeah, that's good. Go drink it. Yeah, I like, I like it. Get more of it. Um, I've never been one for the details, but man, it, that's why you back me. Nah, up. no, no problem, no problem. All right, Chris. Well. You know what? You are the home brewer, or at least you were the home brewer of the team. I all my stuff is gone. It's gone, but it's okay. I think that uh, this is a good. Are you able to speak, or you need to take a break? I think I could. No, I'm okay. Good. So here are some tips for brewing Belgian triple recipe. I'll read the uh, introduction, Chris. There's each segment that talks about the grain bill. The ex- if you're going to use like whole grain or all grain, or you're going to use extract, the sugars you got to put in, the yeast. It talks about everything. But I'll give the introduction let you talk about each of the steps, okay? Okay. All right. So if you want to take on brewing a Belgian triple, but are a little daunted by creating something with such high ABV, rest easy. Brewing a triple isn't hard. But if this is your first attempt at any kind of strong L or your first go at a triple, these tips will hopefully help you along. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and provide tips for brewing yourself a triple? Okay. So the grain bill can be very simple for a triple. The bulk of any recipe should be made up of high quality Pilsner malt. Uh, If you want full authenticity, go with one Belgian origin, one of, I'm sorry, one of Belgian origin. Here it comes, right? (laughs) Though, Weyermann makes a great German Pilsner that will also work well. That's all you really need. Many great triple recipes use only Pilsner, and it's a great way to go if this is your first try. Mm-hmm. But many other recipes use a 2 to 3% addition of character malt, such as light crystal, aromatic, light Munich, even flaked or other malted grains like wheat or oats. Even rye could work. There you go. Dave. Yeah. Intriguing. <laughs> yeah it has a nice peppery flavor that might complement the yeast profile as well that sounds pretty cool yeah uh, yeah so so this is it there's a lot of variety you could do with a triple you could just make it with pilsner malt and it will be good or if you wanted to you could add some variety whether you want to soften the mouthfeel a little bit with some oats or if you want to give it a little bit more spicy kick with some rye, mm-hmm. um, that's that's intriguing. I, I, I don't think I've ever had a rye triple before. I think I need to brew one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need you to brew one. Or I need John to brew one. Yeah, so John's going to probably have to be the one that brews okay. it. Uh, Eric Gronley says, jumps in the car to drive across to the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Road trip! Um, <laughs> yeah, so that would definitely have to be something on John because, like I said, I, I got rid of all my stuff. I gave I gave away all you my You gave it away? Stuff. You could have sent it to me, but that would be a, a heavy... I, I sold my two kegs a couple days ago. 
However, I still have my CO2 tanks. Well, you know, just in case we get like a keg or yeah, something. You should, yeah, you definitely should have a keg in the house. Yeah, I. so we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, so if you want to go the extract route, for those wanting to, that's the, always the route that I always went because mm-hmm. it was simple. Uh, for those wanting to brew extract uh, for the Belgian triple, the extract kit is a good start. You could do, or you could add a mini mash with a small amount of character malt to build some different characters into the beer. And you can still add adjunct sugars at the lower end of the percentage mentioned below to increase fermentables and complexity now what that means is different to everybody (laughs) um so adjunct (laughs) sugars uh adjunct sugars are going to be things i I believe that would be more like the the belgian candy yeah the belt yeah you you have to add those belgian candy sugars if you want to have the high abv that is needed to Mm -hmm. to get this beer to where it needs to be yeah because you got to feed the yeast. Keep your yeast happy. Yeah. Your beer will always be yeah. good. And, and it helps give you that extra, that flavor, too, with the Belgian beers without giving it. Because that, that candied, Belgian candy sugar is going to be eaten quite fast, right? It, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the yeast is going to eat that up, uh, give you the alcohol you need, not leave it too sweet. But that that candied sugar will also give you flavor that, that will give you the orange and give you the the stuff that's in there that you, that uh, you're expecting to, to taste. Right. Well, speaking of adjunct sugars, uh, it's always used. Uh, one of the main things that make a triple so special is the high ABV hidden within the mellow, crisp captivate captivating folds of a beer that drinks much lighter than you'd expect. Yeah. Much of this crisp lightness comes from adjunct sugar. These sugars should make up five, to 20% of the fermentables and include jaggery, pillon, pillon, <laughs> yep. These are cooking terms, right? I, I assume yep. you know what these are. <laughs> sure, palanchalo, <laughs> yeah, and other semi-refined sugars. Honey, too, at least the lighter ones uh, make for an interesting addition. So that's intriguing because to me, honey sugar is a, a heavier sugar, right? Yeah. And honey will provide flavors of whatever the bees were eating at the time they were mm-hmm. making the honey, right? The pollen that they're eating. So that could be a very interesting character to the to the triple. But I think that would also make it a heavier beer than what it needs to be. I I like the triple because it's a a very light bodied beer and it, it's mm-hmm. it's not heavy. It's not that those adjunct sugars provide that lightness without the heaviness of of the um, the sugars coming from the barley. Yeah, well that that um that honey too. That's a more like dense. Mm-hmm. If you were look at it, look at it um, as far as calories go, or as far as the nutritional value honey is a much more dense sweetener yeah. so there's going to be a little more fuel behind that uh, that honey too and my experience with honey adjuncts in regular beers is it adds a a, a bigger mouthfeel or, or a heavier body right so it's just it's everything that i don't want in a triple a belgian triple but well, I mean, I used to use I used to use Florida honey. I used to make a uh, an amber ale that I would, mm-hmm. as soon as I turned the flame off, I would dump a pound of honey into it, and 
it did. It gave it a kind of a heavier mouthfeel to it, a little more sweetness, of course, because, you know, you're pouring a pound of honey into five gallons of liquid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it would, you know, it gave the yeast something to eat too. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, almost a supplement for the yeast yeah. to, uh, yeah. to uh, do some bottle uh, conditioning. A honey amber or a honey uh, brown are perfect. Those are the two perfect mm-hmm. styles for using honey with, in my opinion. Uh, because you want to give that extra body, that extra, you know, character to it. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like, though, that if this was with honey, this would be way too just over the top sweet and not as easy to drink as this is. Yeah, I've got one sip left. And I'm not, I'm, I'm almost at the end. And there's no dregs in there. I, I did pretty good at not pouring anything in there. I, I'm going to stick with my 4.5 rating. What do you think? What do you rate this beer, Chris? Um, I'm, I'm going to stick to my 4.25. That's, that's been my comfortable mm-hmm. number lately. Um, I feel like I, I use that one a lot, four and a quarter. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm sticking with four and a half. I didn't, it didn't raise above, it didn't go below, but it wasn't enough to raise it above. It's, de- it, it held steady. Four and a half is, is where I felt this was so good. We've got a little bit differing opinions, um, which is fine. I like that. Either way. Great yeah. beer. Great beer. All right. So as far as yeast goes, a good Belgian yeast is essential when brewing a triple. The yeast should be, excuse me, should be an unmistakable presence in the finished product, making its work with qualities of spice like pepper, nutmeg, and clove, and hints of banana, lemon, and orange are possible. Mm. Thought should be given to what type of profile you'd like in the beer and then find a yeast that seems to speak the language, though here again, finding the one you like the best may take several batches. Oh, no, you got to try so many different beers to get it right. Uh, Don't forget, you can always split a single batch of beer into smaller fermenters and try one or two or several different yeasts of the same recipe. That's a pretty cool idea. No, that's a great um, idea. And I'm going to stop for a second because although I'm not brewing at home and I'm not planning on doing it until I retire at the earliest, when I did think about doing it, my whole plan was to brew a five-gallon batch and split it into one gallon. Like whatever beer I did, I was mm-hmm. going to plan on splitting into small batches either whether it's a two gallon batch or a one gallon each and try experimental stuff of each thing right so i didn't just have five gallons of one type of beer i'd have you know either five one gallon batches or two two and a half gallon batches that would provide me the opportunity to try out different things to see how it turns out and this is a perfect opportunity to try different yeast and find out how they react with your wart and provide the characters mm-hmm. you like or dislike. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great idea. Cause that's, that could, that could yield you either five very different beers. Yeah. Or, or maybe a couple that taste very mm-hmm. similar, but you can, you can kind of figure out, I mean, gosh, there's so many different yeast strains out there. You can go into your local bottle or homebrew shop. And if you go into a good one, you can probably find a hundred different strains of mm-hmm. yeast. I mean, there's there's a lot, you know, well, that and you can if you if you know how to, you can cultivate yeast out of, well, hell, we could probably <laughs> cultivate yeast out of this bottle if we really wanted to. 
Um, so let's see. Uh, a couple of good places to start might be White Labs, their WLP 550 Belgian Ale Yeast, or Y Yeast 3787, their Trappist High Gravity. If using dry yeast, Fermentus Safe Brew T58 should work well. Now, as far as hops go, you want the bitterness somewhere between 30 and 40 IBUs. Styrian Goldings Mm -hmm. and Tetanang would work well for the boil. Hop aroma and flavoring aren't that big a deal in this style, but you still want a high-quality hop. Sots hops are often used for finishing. I don't like Saz. I wouldn't use that. I use Tetanang over Saz. (laughs) What's what's in here? I think Saz is in here, actually. So I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm just in your four and a half. I'm not a, a I'm not beer. a typical Saz fan because the bitterness yeah. is too much for me. But okay, okay. Um, hop additions can be kept simple here. Uh, the bittering addition at sixty minutes and a small aroma addition at fifteen minutes. Um, so as far as brewing goes, you normally most boils you're going to do for about an hour and hops that you put in in the beginning. Whether you know at the very beginning of your boil are going to be there for bittering anything probably after 30 minutes or 45 minutes so the last 15 minutes or so of your boil is going to be there for um, that aroma those different flavors like your citrus and stuff like that so mash the mash mashing is a straightforward single infusion at the lower end of the sacrification temperature range around 145, uh, so that you get more fermentables and a lighter, crisper body. Sacrification, saccharide. <laughs> so the sugar something, to, something to do with the sugar changing temperature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, bottle conditioning, a Belgian. Triples should be bottle conditioned, meaning the yeast continues to work and creates carbonation within the capped bottle. There are a few things to consider here that will make the process slightly different than bottle conditioning other ales. First, an initial gravity of 1.060 makes your yeast work very hard. They are tired, worn out, and old by the time (laughs) fermentation is complete. This isn't to say that they don't have enough oomph left to bottle condition. They probably do. No, they don't. But it it isn't a bad idea to cast new yeast when you get ready to bottle the beer. This would fall under optimum practices. The second thing to realize is that triples are usually highly carbonated. If you want this higher carbonation, most places will recommend using a cup of plain sucrose instead of the usual smaller amount of three quarters of a cup yeah give it a little extra sugar to get that Uh, conditioning going yeah the more sugar the the better i guess uh and third because of the higher pressure regular because of the higher pressure regular beer bottles are not appropriate and can be dangerous (laughs) like it uh instead try to find some 750 milliliter wine bottles damn that's big uh, that you can cork and cage. Yeah, 25 ounces, uh, extra thick champagne-style bottles mm-hmm. created just for the case of high-pressure uh, situations like champagne. And I think that, I mean, it's, a, it's, an, it's important to make sure you have a strong bottle and a strong security because it's going to build pressure. And you need to be able to secure... 
the cap or the cork or whatever uh, to make sure it doesn't explode and cause, uh, you know, a lot of pain. Well, then you'll have stuff like this happen. Stanley Cup win. <laughs> That's a little loud. So, Wow, you really celebrated. What was that you were celebrating with? That was a bottle of champagne. Is that uh, Cook's? No. That was, Don a, that was a bottle of champagne. Uh, just shy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was not, I didn't see that video before. That was new to me. So it never made it to social media. Uh, uh, that was good. That was good. I didn't realize yeah. you were. I knew you were excited about the win, but my gosh, that was uh, a bit over the top. So we were given when we closed on our house. We were given two bottles of champagne. Oh. One bottle got consumed after we closed on the house because we went camping the weekend after we closed on the house. The second one sat in my beer cooler. Oh. So it was ready to celebrate it with. It no longer exists. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, Chris. Well, hey, that is our brew buzz. I hope you guys all enjoyed the discussion on Belgian Triple L's, uh, the history, where the name came from, the style characteristics of profile, and as well as a tasting note segment with a very good beer from New Glarus Brewing, Triple Five. Uh, tasting notes segment so and good. we even gave you some tips on if you wanted to brew your own how to brew it the best it could be brewed so thanks for uh, sticking around and listening to that all right chris are you ready to talk about our new and noteworthy beers i certainly am right. you want you want to go first or want me to go first sure i'll go okay. first because mine are always like i had this one it was good i liked it i'll get it again <laughs> um so new and noteworthy beers uh i want to start off with one from Westbrook Brewing Company called Maximum Florida. Wow. I gave this one a four and a half cap rating. What's so maximum about it? Well, it's a fruited sour. Um, and the listing on Untapped says super, super fruited sour with dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango, pineapple, pink guava, key lime, tangerine, toasted coconut, marshmallows. Marshmallows? Where did that come from? That's not Florida. And milk sugar. <laughs> milk sugar. Let's get weird is what they posted on the listing um and this is one that i hung out in the pool cracked this beer open the other night or the other day floating around in the pool and i figured well look what better beer to float around in the pool with than a beer called maximum (laughs) florida um so i had to give it a shot four and a half caps for this beer um i hate i hate even to make this comment super fruity (laughs) right a little on the sweeter side, um, but it did have a nice touch of like you were talking about earlier that you like that nice coconut yeah, flavor yeah. in there. This tasted like all the tropical tiki beach mm-hmm. drinks you've ever had uh, in your life. Um, and just it wasn't overly sweet. I was expecting just this sugar bomb mm-hmm. of just, uh, but it uh, it worked out pretty well. I like this. I did enjoy this one a lot to give it a four and a half cap rating. Next on the list, I drank this one right after. The from Drecker Brewing Company. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Drecker? Uh, their uh, Slang Du Jour, their Blueberry Cobbler, which was a another fruited sour. And again, onto that, uh, I don't like certain uh, styles of beer. Well, Berliners and that kind of thing was another mm-hmm. style of beer that I did not like, but it seems to be my number one check-in every single year yeah. that we do yeah. our uh, review. Yeah, you took a lot of them. 
Yeah, this one um, probably kind of along the same fruit tart uh, because it was the uh, blueberry cobbler. Mm. There was some cinnamon, some vanilla in it. Uh, Nothing crazy with the cinnamon, which was good because, you know, too much cinnamon does get to be a little over the top sometimes. But this beer, four and a half caps as well. And uh, drank this one by the pool. Disappeared rather quickly. And from Adroit Theory in Purcellville, Virginia, (laughs) or as I've come to find out, Orlando, Florida. Are they they're brewing in Orlando? I was texting back and forth with Chad Lamasa because my cans said that they were brewed in Orlando, which I'm kind of curious now. Can I go and get these beers locally? Well, kind of locally. But anyway, they're black metal. I had this uh, the other day. Black metal Ghost 968 was an out beer. Out beer um, definitely was a very good balance of malty and hoppy uh just sitting out in the front yard just kind of hanging out with my dog cajun my belgian dog cajun belgian malamus uh, right yeah my, Mal- my malamus yeah my belgian malinois <laughs> cajun uh so many names. i call him a belgian shepherd just to keep things okay. simple um but yeah they're out beer uh 4.25 caps for this beer uh, I believe this one was clocking in at four or five percent. Nothing over the top, just a good beer flavored beer that I, I just enjoyed alt drinking. Beer, yeah, a good alt beer is a great beer, and oh, it's yeah. a style that n- almost no breweries, you know, manufacture or brew. But yeah. when they do, it's usually a very good beer because nobody does it, and so. It's just a nice treat to get. I, I I love trying out alt beers when I can find them. I do too. Yeah, I and I was surprised because this came up on that beer shipping. Oh, it came up on Tavor, <laughs> um, and I had to. I I I see all these beers that pop up on Tavor that is you know it's this this smoothie sour yeah. and this this hazy IPA and this barrel aged stout. Granted, I got a couple of barrel aged stouts that I'm really excited to try. <laughs> but um, when stuff from a place like Adroit mm-hmm. Theory and then they put out an alt beer, I, I mean, I had to add, yeah. I had to, I had to pick it yeah. up. Um, it was a 16 ounce can, has a really cool uh, can art on it, uh, you know, as as they do usually have. But 4.25 caps, just a nice, lighter, easy-to-drink beer. Um, And I want to talk about, too, a beer that is not on my list that I just thought about. Uh, I went to our local neighborhood brew pub, Three Bulls Brewery and Tavern, which is now less than a mile from my house, which is awesome. Um, They had a Dunkelweizen Mm -hmm. on tap that they brewed in-house. And, man, it was right up there with this uh with this triple that we that we uh tasted yeah oh, just damn it tracy you brew some good beer that's all, so, that's all i'm gonna so say so it's nice that you guys move closer to one of your favorite places to hang out at because now you're only a mile away i can ride my bike yeah. there which yeah. you do quite often I'm looking now. forward to <laughs> i haven't yet um so since we the move is just completed i do have to Put some air in the mm-hmm. tires of my bike and, you know, get it back up to, you know, yeah, riding yeah. standards. Um, 
but yeah, so we had some some really good beers in the last few days. Uh, Denny, what was on your yeah, noteworthy yeah. list? I've drank a lot of beers, but I've didn't have as many as I was hoping that would be above average. But I have three mm. beers that I will talk about in the last two weeks. Three out of like 30 that I've had. Wow. The first beer was a nice treat to see arrive at my doorstep from my buddy Chris McKenzie, who sent me a Cigar City Brewing improvation. Improv. It's the word. It's the word improvisation in Spanish. Yeah, yes, improvisation. Whatever it is, I can't say it. Improvisation. Yes, that's there we it. Go. Uh, it's an imperial brown ale, um, and it's a crowler. And I think Chris, you you had this, and you said, and you thought, man, Denny's gonna want to have this, and you bought oh, a yeah. crowler and sent it to me. And I'll tell you what, I loved it, and I really appreciate it, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, what I wrote on Untapped, I said, I'm lucky to have a good friend in Tampa who can send me beers he knows I will love. I love rye in my beers. I love brown ales. I love IPA. And, well, this beer hits all those styles nicely. Rye, spice, brown ale toast, and piney IPA hops. Thanks, Chris. Four and a half cap rating. So I really enjoyed this beer. Uh, that 32 ounces went down very fast. <laughs> I mean, I I poured a, a glass and I started drinking it, and I just kept drinking and drinking. I poured it the rest. Mm. Uh, it was gone in like fifteen minutes or less. I think I yeah. it was really good. So thank you, you you uh, you knew you know me well, and uh, and that was a good beer. No, you're very welcome. I'm glad you yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, the next beer from Occidental Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. It's a Japanese style dry lager. Now this is a rice lager type style. See if I can find it in my untapped here real quick. Um, clean, dried, light lager that is refreshing and a great beer to drink during extremely hot weather. Another four and a half cap rating. So everyone's gone and had Japanese style lagers and some of them are good and some of them are just, oh, excuse me, okay to drink while you're eating sushi or, you know, hibachi grill stuff. This beer is really well done. I mean, it takes that rice adjunct and makes and that rice adjunct makes the beer very dry um, and makes it just very refreshing and a great beer to drink when it's 100 plus degrees outside. So that's a four and a half cap rating for me. Mm. And then the last beer that I'll talk about is from a brewery that I've talked a lot about this year, Lumber Beard Brewing. Man, I love this brewery. I keep talking about them on the show. I keep hoping they'll reach out to me and say, "Hey, we we hear you. We want to talk. We want to be on the show and talk about beer with you." So, Lumberbeard, if you're listening, hit me up. We will bring you on the show and talk about your beer because I am absolutely in love with the beers that you're brewing. This is called Mosaic is Awesome. It's a New England IPA. Very nice fruit almost berry-like hop aroma and flavor. Uh, includes a decent dank finish as well. 4.25 cap rating. Um, I'm telling you what. Lumberbeard is doing all kinds of styles very well, whether it's a hazy IPA or an imperial stout 
or a logger or a Saison or whatever they're doing, I'm telling you, every beer I've had, I've really enjoyed. And I really appreciate that they're now distributing in Boise. So keep bringing your beer here. I'll keep buying it and I'll keep drinking it. Hmm. All right, Chris, guess what? We have reached the end of the show and we're going to try to get the show under two hours with all that content. We're going to do it. But before we close the show out, I always want to give you the chance to raise a glass to somebody like to raise a glass to tonight. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? It's not someone that I'd like to raise a glass to. It's a whole organization. Oh. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning their second Stanley Cup in a row this year. Uh, it's been a huge... Today was the boat parade in downtown Tampa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, you know what? If I wasn't at work, I probably still wouldn't go down there just because it's insane. But it was cool to be able to watch all the uh, the highlights from you know different different social medias and things like that. So cheers to the Tampa Bay lightning. Yes. Eric Gronley this is Champa Bay. Champa Bay. Uh, now I, th- now I think Tom Brady just has to win a second Super Bowl in a row. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to this evening? All right. First I'll raise a glass to our Patreon toast for the evening. And that would be Matt Knight. He was the guy that left us the, uh, the voicemail with the beer tasting notes And he's also a Patreon supporter. So cheers to you, Matt. We appreciate your support and uh, keep it up. I mean, as far as the voicemails, you can keep paying us too, but the voicemails are are good. Keep (laughs) keep supporting us like you do. Also, I'll raise my glass to Jim Kutzel and Kevin Argauer because they both had birthdays last week. In fact, Jim Kutzel is the same birthday as my sister, July 7th. Uh, And uh, Kevin just had a birthday the other day. So cheers to you both. And, of course, to Kevin and Amanda for your Patreon support. Thank you very much. And I just thought of one more, but I forgot what I was going to say. Mm. While you're thinking of oh. that, I, I texted Amanda and I said, hey, uh, smack Kevin on the butt for me and tell him I said happy oh, yeah. birthday. Yeah. Bare butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's right. Uh, I also wanted to – I'll raise my glass to Fermented Reality Beer Garden because I don't remember – was it – Fortune magazine or which magazine were they just? Oh, Men's Health. It was Men's, uh, Health? Men's, Men's Journal. Journal. Men's Journal. Yeah, yep. they were mentioned in Men's Journal about being the hot spot to go and uh, entertain yourself at uh, in Tampa, and that's a, a that's great publicity. And and from what I understand, and from and Chris, I mean, you've been to the Beer Garden many times. You've been special VIP guests at the Beer Garden for certain events. Um, and you know that they do put on a pretty good, you know, entertainment venue. They certainly yeah. do. So cheers to you, Joel and Dan, Charlie, Joel Bigham and Dan, Charlie, for uh, for that beer garden, that little press you got in Men's Journal. And I hope it brings a lot more, uh, you know, visits to your, to your, bre- to your not brewery, but your uh, beer garden. The beer yeah. garden. Because we appreciate your support. And, of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military military services, protecting our freedoms. Um, we hope you are able to return home safely to your families very soon. And, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a toast out to our sponsors? 
At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% all full priced items. Even though it's 2021, just keep using the 2020. Hey, look, we started <laughs> we started the promo in 2020. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at taptocraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can I follow you? And yes, they can follow you on Twitter. Only if I'm talking shit about FedEx. Um, So you can never find me unless I'm trying to bash your organization on Twitter. Uh, Chris underscore McKenzie 82. FedEx was delaying one of my packages the other day. Uh, Or you can find me on Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you guys can follow us and chat with us on everything social at Tap the Craft. All right, it is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening, and we ask you to please, please tell a friend. Of course, subscribe on all your favorite podcast listening apps. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, that's good oh, stuff. Oh, wow. High octane beers. Um, make me go pee. That's what that's what that does. That's that's life for yeah. you in the uh at the world of tap the craft. Yeah. High octane beers make you pee. That's gonna be our next t shirt. Yeah. And of course we Okay, Chris, before we get into the brew buzz, it's time for an intermission. Because Denny has to go potty. <laughs> He's got to go make peepees. Oh, so give me a minute. I'll be right back. Okay. You can talk up the crowd. We got. I, you know what? I'm probably going to do the same thing. Oh, okay. Everyone, just stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> yes, Mike. That is the social distancing equivalent to two women going to the bathroom together. I, normally, Chris is, sticks around to keep you guys company, but uh, I guess he also drank too much tonight and that's all folks